Jesus is going to teach them how to minister by providing an example. That's what I love about Jesus. Every time he gave a message, he always gave the model. In other words, he would talk it, then he would walk it. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us as we begin a message today entitled, What's in Your Hand? And uh, Pastor, I love what you just pointed out right there. When Jesus calls us to do something, we look in Scripture and we see him really demonstrating what that ought to look like. He always did. You know, I would rather see a sermon than hear a sermon sure, any yeah, day, yeah. you know. And uh, by now, Steve, you should be able to go along with me as I say some of my old aphorisms that I say all the time. You do? See, your talk talks and your walk talks, but your walk talks a lot louder than your talk talks. So you got to walk your walkie like you talk your talkie if you're not going to walk the walk. You got to quit talking the talk. And Jesus always walked his talk. And so we've got example after example after example where he would preach a message and then he would turn around and demonstrate it. Mm -hmm. So there was declaration tied to demonstration. And you need both of them. Why? Because life without lip, uh, that's heresy because the redeemed of the Lord ought to say so. And lip Without life, that's hypocrisy. But life plus lip equal honesty. And that's what we need to do. Well, that's what we need to do. And that's what the world around us needs to see. Like so often, that's one of the reasons, or at least excuses, that unbelievers will give as to why they're not going to come to Jesus, begin a relationship with him. They say the walk and the talk don't line up. Right. And the church as a whole sometimes is guilty of that. But as individuals, we can be guilty of that as well. Uh, For the person listening today to the individual, they say, okay, I hear what you're saying. My walk and talk need to line up. I'm not exactly sure what that means for me personally, though, other than the fact that just what I say, I believe I need to be living that out in some way. I don't always know what that means to live that out. Mm -hmm. Well, Well, I know what you're saying, Steve, and here's what I would say. I had a special needs child and he had an IEP, Individual Educational Plan. Hmm. Every believer will have one to church corporately as well. In other words, there are things that God is working on me with that he'll never talk to you about. Hmm. I know what those things are. And so I need to learn how to yield to him, Hmm. Romans 6, 7, and 8, yield to him so he can work those things out of me so that people can see more of the Lord and less of Ford. And and he's going to do that in all of our lives. And people say, church is full of hypocrites. And I always say, well, come on, join us. We can always (laughs) use one more. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that that is uh, so true. And uh, I love that. Invite them in, and uh, let's do life together. Well, let's right now get into God's Word together. John chapter 6 is where we're at as we begin a message, What's in Your Hand? Here's Pastor Ford. Little boy and his daddy was out in the backyard. He said, son, I want you to get that log and bring it over here. And so little boy went, and he, uh, he couldn't get it up. And he said, Dad, I can't do it. I can't do it, Dad. I can't do it. He said, yes, you can do it. Go back and bring it here. So he goes and he tries again. I can't do it. I can't do it, Dad. He said, yes, you can do it. 
So a little boy got frustrated and he said, you keep telling me I can do it. And I'm telling you, I can't. I used all my power. Why do you keep saying I can do it? He said to his son, son, you used all of your power, but you didn't use all of my power. You see, you and I need to realize uh, that uh, the word can't is not in the dictionary of deity. That is, for the Christian, there's no such thing as can't. Uh, because even when we can't, we can. Oh, okay, I hate to get the Bible in this, but now a word from our sponsor. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so Paul wanted us to know, listen, don't run around throwing a pity party talking about what you can't do if you haven't put Jesus in the equation. Because when you put Jesus in the equation, you couldn't stop doing drugs till you put Jesus in the equation. You couldn't stop fornicating and committing adultery till you put Jesus in the equation. You couldn't buy a job until you put Jesus in the equation. You couldn't keep the marriage together, the relationship together, till you put Jesus in the equation. And now, under him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to his mighty working power in a... I'm preaching already. I I ain't thinking about y'all. And so, we can do it. Not because we can do it, but because he can do it. Amen. Yeah. Feel my help coming on. Yeah. And and so when you look at this text, it's a very familiar text of scripture. Uh, There are only two signs that are in all four gospels. The resurrection of Jesus Christ and the feeding of the 5,000. The only two signs in all four gospels. Now that's significant, that there's something uh, that God wants us to get from this. He wants to make sure we don't miss it, so he puts it in all four Gospels. Here's the thing. Jesus is about to teach his disciples how to minister to hurting and hungry people. This is important. He does it in four ways. Let me give them to you. Uh, First of all, if you look at the text, what you'll find is in verses one through four, he does it by providing their example. What's he doing? In verses five through nine, he's probing their faith. What's he doing? In verses 10 through 13, he's providing what they need. What's he doing? And then in verses 14 and 15, he's proving his motivation. What's he doing? Yeah, and, and so here now, what we're going to see is, we just got time for the first two. First of all, I want you to notice in verses one through four, Jesus is going to teach them how to minister by providing an example. That's what I love about Jesus. Every time he gave a message, he always gave the model. In other words, he would talk it, then he would walk it. In other words, Jesus was like uh, some of us. We rather see a sermon than hear a sermon any day. Yeah, let me see. And that's exactly what he's doing here. And so in verses 1 through 4, I'll not read the text. You can read it for yourself. But what you're going to find is the whole background. Now, get this. Okay, so Jesus tells them, come apart and rest a while. How many of you know sometimes you got to come apart or you're going to come apart? Get that on the way home. Yeah, that sometimes we just need a rest. 
We just need a break. I know I do sometimes. You know, sometimes they say, uh, when you're going on vacation, here's what I say when I go on vacation. They say, well, you going on vacation? I say, yeah, see, if you're a good pastor, you need a break from them. And if you're not a good pastor, they need a break from you. Uh, so let's just say, uh, I'm going on vacation. Amen. And I, and I get tired of it, uh, just like you. Uh, you hear it all the time, right? God's sheep, pastor, 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 all the time. And so Jesus says, I want to come apart. I'm tired. So he's tired. Now get this. He's tired, but yet Mark tells us in the synoptics, Mark, Matthew, and Luke tell us John the Baptist was beheaded. Okay, now I want, I'm setting the scene. Here's what's going on. Jesus is tired. So he says it twice, come apart and rest a while. Come apart and rest a while. When a God says something twice, you know you got to pay attention to it. So he's tired. But then John the Baptist, his forerunner, his family, his friend has just had his head cut off. But then in John 5, 18, the Pharisees tried to kill Jesus. The text tells us it's Passover. Then the text says that Jesus sat down to teach his disciples. Okay, let me run over it now. I've got to, got to show you how great an example this is that he's telling them and they all know Jesus is tired. I'm tired too. I'm tired of hearing all these folks, dealing with all these folks. We've been teaching all day. It's time to get our eat on. John the Baptist is dead. Jews tried to kill him. It's Passover and the rabbi sat down to teach. Okay, it's right over your head. Y'all ain't get it. And he begins to minister to hurting and hungry people. Somebody said, that uh, if you're a preacher or a teacher, you only got two jobs. Number one, comfort the afflicted. Number two, afflict the comfortable. What is Jesus doing here? He's about to comfort the afflicted. He's trying to get away from the crowd. Mark's gospel says, he said it twice. Now you and I know some people who say they're tired, but we wonder how that could be because we never see them do anything. Hmm. I'm burnt out. Burn out? You ain't never been on fire. We talking about you burn out. We ain't, we ain't never seen you on fire. I'm backsliding. You ain't never slid forward. What are you talking about you backsliding? Ain't nobody ever seen you slide forward. You know, I tell you all the time about the sister. She's not here any longer, but I used to say when she was here, and we'd look at each other and just laugh, because she said to me one time, she said, you know, she's sister girl. She always had attitude. Yeah, that, you know, I'm, 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 you got to be patient with me because God ain't finished with me yet. And I said, well, honey, it looked like God ain't even got started on you yet. <laughs> and so there are people, I am not talking about those people. I'm talking about people who are working like Hebrew slaves. I'm talking about people who say, I need a sabbatical from ministry. I'm tired of dealing with mess. I'm tired of dealing with people. And Jesus, out of the midst of all of that, says, listen, even though I'm tired, even though John is dead, even though, wait a minute, wait, 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 I'm not done yet. Get this. Let me read this. And a great multitude, verse 2, followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. Check this out. They didn't even have the right motivation, and Jesus knew. Now, you add all of that to the fact that all the things I said, I'm not going to say again, add to that, they didn't even have the right motivation for following him, right. yet he stopped and ministered to them. That's right. Oh, I want to tell you. I want to tell you. Jesus is doing good and had to go through all that. 
Most of us ain't even living the way we're supposed to live and complain about what God lets us go through. That's true. I'm speaking for myself. See how my voice got high? Yeah, that's conviction. And so here it is. He's doing good and have to go through all this. Can I ask you a question? Say, ask us. Doesn't it really hurt you when the people you do the most for hurt yes. you the most? Yes. But I'm telling you, it's the dance of the porcupine. If you're going to do ministry, you better get ready for pain. Because there is no pain-free ministry. So good to know that truth. I think sometimes we have these false conceptions of what ministry is going to be like. And God has not promised that it is going to be easy. As Pastor Ford said, sometimes it is painful. And we're going to get back to uh, look at that in just one moment. You know, one other thing about ministry is sometimes it also takes money. I wish that we could uh, simply bring you this program each and every day for free, but there is a cost to bringing you a program like Treasured Truth, from production costs to airtime to things that happen behind the scenes that uh, most of us are probably not even aware of. Uh, and it's really your generosity that allows this ministry and keeps this Bible teaching on the air. So for those of you who are giving, thank you for doing that. You're uh, allowing us to continue bringing Pastor Ford's teaching to those who will find it each and every day. If you've never given a gift before, would you do so today? Come to the website, treasuredtruthradio.org, and click on the Donate button. Again, that's treasuredtruthradio.org and donate. Let's get back to the message. Here is Pastor Ford. And Jesus is saying, listen, disciples, I know all the things that are happening. You do too. I know their motivation isn't right. They're asking for money for food, but I smell liquor on their breath. So then why don't I tell them the James Ford answer instead of the Jesus answer? What's the James Ford answer? Hey, uh, I smell alcohol on your breath. I can't give you any money. Yeah, but somebody else bought it for me. Well, you should have told them to buy you some food. That's the James Ford answer. What's the Jesus answer? Come on over to J.J. Fish and let me buy you a three-piece. Will there be fries with that? You want something to drink with that? That's it. Here it is. Come on now. Most of us do ministry from convenience. We make him Lord of the leftovers, leftover time, leftover talent, leftover treasure. And here Jesus is letting us know you can't serve people out of your own convenience. You got to make sacrifices. <laughs> Man, I mean, it's like sometimes when you're ministering, people will make their motivation your motivation. Listen up, this is free. I ain't going to charge you for this. If you have somebody who's always harping on something, you better watch that area in their life. Like, for example, I always say, girl, you better watch your husband. You better watch your husband because they out after you. That's the one that's after your husband. <laughs> if she keeps saying it, keeps saying it, yeah, watch out. So-and-so's looking at your husband. Look at that's the one you got to watch out for. Hey, bro, you better watch your boo. You better that's the person you're going to have to watch out for. And people who are always, uh, you're only doing this because of that. You're only doing, they're telling you their motivation. Because they don't know your motivation. They don't know your heart. 
And so here Jesus is. I mean, it's like the man who, remember the man who said, I'm going to turn it around. I'm going to turn my marriage around. I'm going to get this thing straightened out. And so he said, uh, 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 I'm just going to go home and just surprise her. And so he bought a box of chocolates and some flowers because he was a recalcitrant, rebellious husband. And so he said, I'm going to surprise her. I'm going to even knock on the door. So he knocked on the door and she came and opened the door and he said, surprise, flowers, candy. She started crying. He said, well, I, I know it's surprise. Why are you crying so hard? She said, well, it's been a bad day. First of all, uh, little Johnny got kicked out of school. I had to go up there and get things straightened out. And, and then mama had to be rushed to the emergency room. Then I burnt the dinner. Now you come home drunk. <laughs> Jesus is intent on getting rest for himself and his disciples, but he couldn't get away from the crowd. You know why? Because crowds always followed Jesus. And so he's trying to get away, and they're following him. You know what I find? Real Christian. Folk like to be around a real Christian. It was the Pharisees they couldn't stand. Let me just go ahead. Let me just go ahead because ain't nobody feeling me on that either. Yeah. And so when people know you care about them, you don't have to find them. They'll find you. Amen. It's like, it's like I was telling Pastor Lyles either this morning, and uh, when we started Impact Ministries, Pastor Lyles and Sister Lyles were over that ministry, and uh, we had kids galore. We had the after-school program. They came in here. They had a .7 GPA in two, three, three report periods, 3.4 GPA. And so we had a ministry right up the street, and uh, they, they were hooked up with the government government. And for those who are from the South, government. And um, they had just gotten a $350,000 grant. They had called Pastor Lyles. Now we had 110 kids in our program and 150 on the waiting list. And kids were fighting to get in here. They had just gotten a $350,000 grant. They didn't have any kids. So they called Pastor Lyles. They said, what's going on down there? You know, uh, uh, you, you tell us you don't have any money, but you got all those kids. We got money and we don't have any kids. And Pastor Lyles told the answer. And I said, what'd you tell him? When he told me his answer, I said, that was the wrong answer. It's two L's, the Lord and Lyles. The Lord told us to start this ministry, but then he brought you and your wife in and you are youth magnets and youth know that you love them and they could talk to you and they could share with you. And that's why they were at your house every weekend piling in just like our youth minister now. So I told Pastor Lyle, I said, here's what I would have told him. Well, look, let's see if we can equal this thing out. We don't have any money, but we got the kids. You got the money. You don't have any kids. So give us the money. Oh, oh man, that's all right. 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 Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Unbelievers don't come to church. And the number one reason is not because they don't want to know the truth. They do want to know the truth. Here's the number one reason. Survey says people are unfriendly. People are unfriendly. And I was teasing them this morning. I'm going to tease you too. In the fellowship time when we greet our visitors, how many of you actually get up and greet a visitor? You'd be running to each other. Girl, I ain't seen you since Wednesday night Bible study. 
What up, dog? You just, you just had the discipleship on Thursday. Go speak to somebody you don't know. Make somebody feel welcome. And what gets me is, you know there are leaders who won't get off their rusty dusty and go say hello to somebody they don't know? A leader. A leader of a ministry in this Bible-believing church where Bible is our middle name. In the words of that great theologian, Mike Tyson is ludicrous. Ludicrous. It's ludicrous. In other words, we say it all the time. Here's the number two reason. Sermons are boring, so you know they ain't been here. Because they would have said sermons are long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so you know it and I know it. Jesus was tired. He could have said, look, 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 look. Tell him to take two Psalm 23 and call me in the morning. But no, he ministered to them. There's only three kinds of people in the world, according to that venerable scholar, Dr. Warren Wiersbe, in his commentary on the Good Samaritan. There are those who will beat you up. There are those who will pass you up. And there are those who will pick you up. Christ Bible Church, I trust that more of us are going to become those that pick people up, that see people down in the gutter and reach down and pick them up. Now, I know this ain't a sermon. This ain't a sermon to shout off today. I know it. I know it. Uh, but I'm going to preach it. I know you're waiting for the fishes and the loaves when we actually get to it. All that kind of stuff. Where's the multiplication take place? In his hands. You know, all that, all that good stuff. But, but right now, Jesus sets a powerful example. You don't minister out of your convenience. You minister out of your pain. Hmm. You know, it really, it really turned my ministry around about 25, it's been a little longer than that, probably like 30 years ago. I was sitting in a, a pastor's conference and the preacher got up and said, if you want to know what your congregation is like, just look in the mirror. And, and see, the reason it hit me in the face is because I had just got done talking about y'all. I was fleecing the flock, and I was telling about them folk there. I'm ready to get up out of there. And he got up and preached, and one of the first things he said, pastors, I need to let you know, if you want to know what your congregation is like, just look in the mirror. And then he said this, if you want to know the temperature of your congregation, put the thermometer in your own mouth. Wow, that's uh, quite a place to pause today's teaching, isn't it? You're listening to a message called What's in Your Hand from John chapter 6, and we will continue to take a look at this next time on the broadcast. You know, that that may be addressed to a pastor, but that's a good word for each and every one of us today. And if you want to make sure that you don't miss any parts of this series, I want to encourage you to come to the website and sign up to begin podcasting the program. Just come to treasuredtruthradio.org. Uh, You can also find links there to the Moody Radio app. And that's another way to be able to listen to Pastor Ford's teaching whenever you're on the go. You know, when it fits your schedule. And not only can you listen to this Bible teaching program, but other programs produced by Moody Radio. Again, we'll link you to that when you come to treasuredtruthradio.org. Or you can simply go to your favorite app store like Google Play or the iOS app store and simply search for Moody Radio. Well, we're glad that you've tuned in today. As I mentioned, hope you'll make it a point to tune in next time. I want to thank our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey, for their help on the broadcast. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio. 
a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.